Welcome to the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast. The opinions and ideas expressed on this show are solely those of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com and its guests. This is the very best of professional wrestling, both independent and mainstream. Once again, you already know what it is, and you already know where you have reached for the 11th episode. For the 11th time, you've reached the number one up-and-coming brand new professional wrestling podcast in the New York City tri-state area and anywhere in the world. We're coming to you right now from the website, coming to you right now on Google Play, on iTunes, on Stitcher, and more importantly than all that, we're coming to you on demand to listen to whenever you want. This is the Hubbard WrestlingWeekly.com podcast. I'm your host, what up though, Sean H, and we have another major episode in store for you tonight with a returning guest. All my people on Twitter hit me up at hub underscore wrestling and asked for her to come back, so we had to bring her back for this very special episode. But before we get into that, and before we get into the fun, we got to make sure we handle some business and let y'all know, all my business owners out there, whoever needs that web development and web platform situation taken care of, there's only one place to go, and that's hoshcrea.com. They're doing some revolutionary things. Make sure you check them out. There's only one place to go. That's H-A-A-S-C-R-E-A.com, Hosh. Crea.com because we love tech. Yo, I'm so excited about this episode we're going to bring to you tonight right here, August 2nd, 2018, with a special guest that we had to bring back for a second time. She is the first returning guest in the history of this show. We're so excited to have her for episode 11 because this is a really cool concept we've come up with tonight is we're going to do a review show of WWE Extreme Rules that took place last month. In the month of July 2018, WWE went extreme. And I definitely wanted to bring my expertise on the journalistic side of my opinions about that show. So we had to bring in somebody from the in-ring perspective, somebody who's a professional wrestler and is doing some great things to bring her perspective and give y'all some insight about the inside the ring situation. So with no further ado... Without any further ado, however you want to put it, there's only one thing I got to say, and that's I'm welcoming my very special guest, the greatest of all time member, professional wrestling star. She is the one and only Silver Queen, Ivy Roman. Welcome back to the show, my friend. What's up? Thanks for having me again. You already know what it is, man. I wanted to definitely get you on the show tonight to have your expertise show as far as what you saw on the pay-per-view a couple weeks ago. It was a dope show, and I uh, want to get your insight on it, all right? No, I'm down, I'm down. Let's make it work. All right, so listen, we're going to jump right into it, man. You know what I'm saying? I think this, like I said a second ago, it was um, it was a really cool show. It took place at the uh, PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on July 15, 2018, both Raw and SmackDown. Were represented as now WWE is starting to do all of their pay-per-views in a co-branded format. And in that breath, we want to talk about the very first match of the night as the Deleters of Worlds, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt defended the World Tag Team Championships on the Raw brand 
against the B team, the former Miz Taraj, Bo Dallas, and Curtis Axel. And uh, I'll tell you what, I noticed that you know they were giving uh, Bo and Curtis some some big singles wins on Raw, but under no circumstances that I think they would win the big match on the big stage. But we do have new Raw Tag Team Champions. How'd you feel about that match? I knew it was gonna happen. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it was gonna. I I knew it was gonna happen. I knew it was gonna happen for the simple fact that you have a tag team that, as singles, they're amazing. They're gold. They're great competitors in the ring. I don't take anything from them. But there's too many singles on that roster. So it's like, what do we do with these two guys? Oh, okay. They used to be with the men, let's just keep them together somehow. So it's like, it basically went from, we don't know what we're doing with them, to, all right, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to give them a good push now. And I'm not even mad about it. Like, I, I like it. I like their gimmicks. I, when I first saw the shirt with the B, I'm not going to lie, it was, I was, it, it looked like something that you would buy at an indie show. Oh, yeah. And it just, it looked authentic. It looked homemade. You know, it, it brings you back to, you know, caring about your brand as a wrestler and as a team. And I, I, I liked it. I, I liked it. I mean, I think the Hardys are not even going to be with the WWE for a while. So it made sense that they dropped the title. Okay. It, ma okay. it made sense. It made sense because a couple of days after, you know, you know, the fans could correct me and send me messages and tell me if I'm wrong or not. Made an announcement that the Hardys are not going to be with WWE. That's coming to an end. So, oh, really? what wow. perfect way to do it and to push another tag team? Well, that's exactly why I wanted you on the show tonight because um, that inside information is something I actually did not know. I heard there was rumors about it. I, I'll admit I heard the rumors, but I thought it was going to be maybe a vacation or something like that. Because I know Jeff is scheduled to be. This show, by the way, is uh, being taped for August second. So if you're hearing this, it'll be after the episode of SmackDown that I'm talking about right now. But um, Jeff Hardy's scheduled to be on SmackDown this coming uh, Tuesday. So I wasn't sure if they were going away for good or just taking a leave of absence. You you have to remember, Jeff and Matt, they're family men now. You know, you have... First of all, the kids are adorable. I've I've seen I've seen their Instagrams. I mean, I don't personally follow them because I don't, I don't really follow people like that. Like if you don't follow me, I'm not gonna follow you. That's right. basically how I roll. <laughs> I'm the same um, way. <laughs> and I'm not I'm I'm not a fan either. I'm not gonna be like, oh, what are they doing? No, I'm not interested in your personal life. You wanna be my friend? We could be friends. We can have a dialogue, but all that extra stuff, I'm good. No doubt. Um. But, you, you know, you know, they do have families and, you know, maybe it is temporary. Maybe, you know, it's another, you know, quarter where they're gone for a while and then we get hyped because they come back at a major pay-per-view. Like, you, you never know. But that's the, that's the best thing about the Hardys. You just never know. That's true. And you know what the cool part is, if you really think about it, about what you're saying, it's so accurate because it doesn't seem like it, but they've been back for about a year and a half. So... If they were to leave mm -hmm. again, it, it wasn't like they had a cup of coffee. They came back at Mania 33. They've wrestled through Mania 34, and now it's SummerSlam time. So if Matt's already, you know, back home with the wife and kids, and maybe Jeff will finish up this storyline with Randy and then also take some time off, 
It's not like they've been back for a short time. It's been about a year and change, so maybe that's the only deal that they signed. Yeah, exactly. Like, no matter where the Hardys go, they're going to make money. But at the what I love about what I love about the Hardys and not taking it's not taking anything away from any other tag team on their on that roster, um, on on SmackDown or Raw, but they're very family oriented, and that means a lot to me as a person. If I see somebody family oriented, I know for a fact that you know it's someone to respect and admire. You know, you can still be with your family and do what you love. You just have to find that balance. And, you know, if they were away for a while, you know, yeah, of course we'll miss them. But, you know, how many days have their families missed them more? You know, like, give them that time. They deserve it. They work hard to have that time. I agree with you 100%. That's a, a really cool personal take you just put on that. And um, I couldn't agree more. As far as the B team is concerned, they are off and running. They actually had a match on Raw where Matt and Bray uh, decided to invoke their rematch clause and the B-team were successful once again. So we're looking at the B-team possibly walking into SummerSlam as the Raw Tag Team Champions. That is really, really cool. As you described earlier with them having uh, coming off the heels of being on the, in the Miz-Tourage, with them being successful on their own. By the way, the Miz is awesome, but... Uh, that's another story for another day. But, yeah, they're really doing their thing. And they are the reigning Raw Tag Team Champions. And we're only three weeks out from SummerSlam. So that's huge. It's it's a, it's huge. It's, a, it's amazing. It's like you have, like I said, you have two individuals that could work. You know? And then they individually had gimmicks that the fans fell in love with. They literally drooled all over it. And really, it's... It's awesome that they're together. They just, the way they feed off of each other when they're in their promos or in a segment, you can tell. You can tell not only are they a good team in the ring, they're good friends. No doubt. No doubt. So, um, we uh, had an eight-minute match. Uh, the B team were successful in uh, gaining the World Tag Team Championship, taking them off of Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt on the Raw brand. And that leads us to match number two, the classic David versus Goliath storyline. Um, I didn't really buy it myself. Uh, Baron, uh, Baron Corbin is a big man, but it's not like he dwarfs Finn Balor, but they really played it up in the weeks leading up to the pay-per-view where Baron was this big, huge guy and Finn Balor was this smaller guy. Um, and that was pretty much the storyline the whole time, the whole month leading up to the match. Finn Balor ended up defeating um, Baron Corbin, Corbin, which I think was fairly predictable. How did you feel about that match? It should have never happened. Okay, please elaborate. They should have gave that spot. They should. They should have. They shouldn't. They should have gave that spot Finn and somebody else, like anybody else, anybody, like anybody else. But it's like you already have the. You already have this man playing a gimmick being backstage why are you throwing him in the ring like it's it's confusing it's like what do you that's the whole like sasha and and bailey like thing that's going on it's the most annoying thing in the world it's like watching it's like watching my middle school childhood on tv with two <laughs> that's basically what it is I feel you. I feel you. But listen, let me let me let me break down your opinion a little bit more. I want to know more about what you're thinking. 
Do you not like the Constable Corbin angle, or are you just saying that it should stay backstage? I don't like that angle. Okay. okay. I don't like that. I don't like that angle for him at all. I liked when he was the lone wolf and he was just doing his own thing and he was just knocking people's heads off and chewing bubble gum. Like that's what I like. I like that man in the ring. I don't like this constable. Stephanie's puppet. I'm not with it. Uh, let me let me challenge you on this now. Now I, I'm challenging you, and in the same breath agreeing with you, but I'm I'm challenging you on the idea of him knocking everybody's head heads off. Now this is gonna seem really really petty, really really silly, but just indulge me if you will. The haircut. We all know that you know Baron had a receding hairline. He's not the first. He's not the last. Did the haircut mm -hmm. take away from his aura of being the lone wolf, which is which kind of led to the whole Constable Corbin gimmick coming to fruition? To me, and I'm only speaking for myself, I mm -hmm. can't speak for anyone else. To me, I feel like either with the hair or without the hair, he would have been fine. Mm -hmm. However, the presentation, the, you know, how it looks to the fans, you know, maybe that was the direction that they went in at the time. I mean, I don't like the fact that they're trying to make my man look uh, Kurt Angle looking like he's a weak man, like a weak general manager. That's right. like driving me crazy. Right. Um, it's I don't. It's just like, why are you doing that to him? Like the man. First of all, he's an Olympic gold medalist. He's a Hall of Famer. Like, why are you trying to make him seem like? He can't handle his job. Like, yeah, I get it. In the beginning, it was it was, it was funny. It was like, okay, it, you know, we get it because of the backlash that used to go on in the Attitude Era, but not not the kids of today. Right. Like the, the kids that are filling seats right now, they don't know the Attitude Era. We're telling them about it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't like raw raw. Ever since the shakeup has fallen off for me, I I if I miss Monday Night Raw, I'm actually okay, and I I literally can't wait to see SmackDown. And if I'm training, I record it just so I can skip the commercials, and that's it. But coming back to, uh, coming back to the hair and the style, you know, it's not about just the haircut itself. Is the way you're using the talent. If you're not using the talent correctly, the talent is basically going to eventually not be a part of your roster, and you're going to wind up releasing him or her mm -hmm. because you have nothing for them. Look at look at Ellsworth. Right. You're right. Like how? No, you're you're 100 right. You're hitting the nail right on the head, and and I, I think that that when you look at it from that perspective. It's almost disappointing. I think the disappointment started, though, Ivy, when he lost the money in the bank. I think that uh, we kind of could see the writing on the wall that it wasn't going to work out for him, at least on the level that we had hoped when he won the money in the bank. We do know that only two people in history have cashed in and been unsuccessful. One was Damian Sandow, and the other is now Baron Corbin. Well, I take that back. John Cena also cashed in and was unsuccessful, but that wasn't a scheduled match at ECW, but as far as like the surprise kind of deal, Sandow and, and Corbin were unsuccessful, and that's kind of a sign that the company doesn't believe in you, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, it's like, okay, wait a minute, we found somebody better. Let's take let's take this camera and just zoom in into them because right now this is all that matters. And that's exactly when he lost his momentum. After he lost the briefcase, that was it. That was it. Be- why? I don't know. I don't work for the WWE. But, you know, he did. Betwe- I feel, this is my opinion. I feel like him and Braun Strowman would probably would have made a good tag team. Him and Braun Strowman. That's an interesting, uh, interesting pairing. I never thought of that. I don't think anybody's thought of that. That's a hot take you just gave. I, I like that idea. That's a hot take. That's a hot take. I, I, I bet you if somebody uh, hears that, they might think twice about that. But it's too late now. The Constable Corbin thing is ruining his whole thing. So, you know, it's almost, you know, before we, and before we move on, I just want to say it's even funny to hear him come out to his same entrance music and stuff. It's like almost he needs to come out to the John Laurinaitis music now or something. Really? That or like William Regal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's basically what I hear. I agree with you 100%. And for those and and for those that that disagree with me, it's okay to disagree with me. Don't get upset because you're probably listening to me go on and you're probably cursing me out 20,000 times, but I'm speaking from my opinion. Opinions are just opinions. Well I do not work for the WWE, so it's not going to happen. <laughs> so <laughs> relax. <laughs> I don't, and I don't work People for WWE. People get touchy, man. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta throw that out there once in a while. People get really touchy. Absolutely. Listen, I, I don't work for WWE either, but please, uh, uh, at Hub underscore Wrestling, at uh, Silver Queen Ivy, hit us up. We, we want the controversy is is a good thing because opinions are dope. We want all opinions and all takes on the situation. But yeah, Finn Balor was successful in his match against Baron Corbin. Like I said earlier, fairly predictable with the. Um, Direction WWE is currently taking Baron Corbin. Uh, neither one of us, myself or the Silver Queen, are very happy about that. But uh, our opinions don't pay anybody's bills. We're just giving you what we think. So let's move on to a match that I feel is one of the most controversial of the entire pay-per-view. What are you talking about, Sean? How is it controversial? It's controversial because myself and I believe, I don't want to speak for her, but I believe my uh, good friend Ivy Roman agrees that Asuka has been made to look very, very weak lately. Carmella, once again, defeats Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship. It seems like Asuka's been going downhill ever since WrestleMania. By the way, I didn't like the booking on that match either, having Asuka tap out after being undefeated longer than Goldberg was. Um, I am so eager. I am so eager, Ivy, to hear your take on this match. We know Carmella successfully defended. We know Carmella has beaten Asuka twice. Please sound off on how you feel about the match and how you feel Asuka's been booked lately. So, in terms of Carmella and Asuka, I'm not happy with how they're making Asuka look. My girl Asuka is so strong. She was killing it in Japan, literally killing it. So, like, oh, for a woman to beat a man's record in pro wrestling, that's huge, especially if you're going around this whole evolution, you know? And Carmelo, Carmelo's character was dying out. She was. 
she was dying out for a while. It came to a point that, you know, it that money in the bank like saved her. Mm-hmm. It really did. Mm-hmm. Um, it really did. No matter how she wanted or not, it saved her. Um, but the fact that you know she's playing a good she's playing a good role. She's playing a good heel role. That's what she's doing. She's killing it as a heel. And I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I don't like her just because she's from Staten Island, but that's just me. Because <laughs> um, I'm from the Bronx. There you go. That's it. That's just how I roll. But you know, I feel like it probably is going to lead into an Oscar victory. They're just gonna see how far they could stretch it. Because I feel like if Oscar was to have the title, they're not gonna know how to they're not gonna know how to deal with her. They're not gonna know how to push her in the direction where she's she's actually successful. She's already successful. But to give her that additional push under her name and under her brand. Because you got to remember, although the, the talent, both SmackDown, Brawl, 205 Live, NXT, although these, these, these uh, talented wrestlers are working for the WWE, they still have their own brand. Mm-hmm. And that's themselves. True. And that's the problem. A lot of talent loses. They lose themselves. And, you know, I hope, you know, I hope my girl Oscar, she figures it out and uh, gets the push she deserves because she's, a, she's amazing. From wow. her entrance to her techniques, you know, she's, she's one of the women that I actually, you know, respect. She's wow. the reason why I watch New Japan. I had no idea what New Japan was. I was like, what is that? And then I saw her, and she was the first match that I forgot who she was wrestling. I'm so sorry, I forgot who. No, no problem. But I was like, oh, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Well, she she mm-hmm. definitely made a name for herself all over the world, and especially in, in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. But I got to disagree with you on one thing, Ivy. Um, you're you're saying that you believe it's going to lead to some. You, well, you you're saying your prediction is hopefully hopefully that it'll lead to her winning the title. She's not even booked for SummerSlam. Now I I, I want to take I want to take you and all the listeners. By the way, shout out to all our listeners. Um, I want to take you guys back. I want to take you guys back. Like I said, undefeated for a long, long time, over four hundred matches since joining the WWE NXT umbrella. Uh, and 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 like I said, now has lost to Charlotte by tapping out. Has lost to Carmella numerous times. Has lost a tag match on SmackDown. She's losing every other week. She's losing at every pay-per-view. Now Becky Lynch is getting a shot at SummerSlam. No disrespect to Becky Lynch. Asuka, I mean, you talk about a fall from grace. Like, I believe Asuka's the finest female competitor in the industry today, including Ronda Rousey. And she's, she's looking weak right now. But here's the here's the thing. They're playing Oscar to be a character where she's down and she's at the bottom, and literally when she has that moment to shine and she comes up, you never know. She might. There's gonna be an all women's pay per view. They might try to push that all the way and give her the, and have her win the title. Um, you know, have her win the title at that on that pay per view, and then she could have that honor of being the longest undefeated uh, woman on pro wrestler, forget, you know, forget the gender for a second, pro uh, wrestler right. um, 
undefeated, undefeated past Goldberg, and then the first woman to win a WWE Women's Championship on an all-women's uh, pay-per-view. That, that sounds good, Ivy, but you asked me three months ago, because there's been rumors, I'm sure you heard the rumors too, that WrestleMania might have a female main event for the first time ever. Um, I was thinking Oscar versus Ronda Rousey. I was thinking Oscar versus Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey. In a triple threat, I was thinking Oscar Charlotte. I was thinking something. The bottom line is I was thinking something involving Oscar. Uh, I, I don't see that anymore, do you? I don't, uh, but we still have a long way to go. True. The card is always subject to change. Mm-hmm. Look at um, look at how many how, how many competitors get injured. You don't know. God forbid. I hope they all stay in good health, and I'm not wishing bad or anything. Mm-hmm. But you don't know who's gonna get injured. You don't know who's gonna have to take a leave and have to step away. You you never know. That's that's the amaz- That's the ma- most amazing thing about pro wrestling is that it always keeps you guessing. And hey, I might I might be hella wrong. I might be completely left field. But like I said, I feel like that would be a good way to show it because why? Oscar shows that strength. She's literally the definition of woman empowerment for some people, it's especially in her in her culture. So imagine seeing someone that you respect and you and you hope that you know reaches to the top and then reach and climbs further and further and get get to places where they never imagined, but to get beat down and literally have their back against the wall and literally just fight through it and they right back where they were even better. That's what a comeback is. A comeback is not just. Uh, Nikki Bella getting injured, and oh, miracle she can wrestle again. Right, like it's right. not that. That's not. That's not. That's not the only comeback. There you go. The comeback is the storyline itself. I agree with you a thousand percent. Wow, that was a tremendous analogy. I, I, and don't get me started on the whole Bella thing. I, I like. I'm, I'm actually a fan of of Bree and Daniel Bryan to just because they're like a great couple and they seem really cool and and humble. The whole John Cena, Nikki Bella thing, it, it's so corny and it's like, oh my God. But we'll, we'll talk about that another day. I, I'm just, that's ridiculous to me. But yes, 100% yes. And um, Carmella was able to, yeah, Carmella was able to successfully defend the SmackDown Women's Championship with the assistance of James Ellsworth, who uh, it seems that is his last pay-per-view appearance for now with WWE as he was released a couple of weeks later after kayfabe getting fired by general manager page on smackdown last week that takes us to the next match of the night a highly anticipated match for the wwe united states championship uh, a match that had a lot of build to it uh, a little bit of real life mixed into this situation where it was supposed to take place on smackdown overseas but shinsuke nakamura Unbelievably, I can't believe I'm saying this, got attacked by somebody's dog or something and was was injured and could not compete on one edition of SmackDown. So they decided to hold off and have the United States Championship match take place on the pay-per-view. This match ended up being the uh, catalyst for the return 
of a recently injured Randy Orton, which I'm totally cool with. If he wants to beat up Jeff Hardy, that's no problem. But the part I do have a problem with and the part I want you to talk about and give your unadulterated opinion, as you always do, about is the fact that Shinsuke Nakamura, as great as he is, defeated Jeff Hardy for the United States Championship, the second most prestigious title on SmackDown in six seconds. What do you have to say about that? That, I mean, like I said earlier, I love the Hardys. I respect them. So it, it kind of, like, if that type of match was going to happen, you should have just had it happen on live TV. Like, literally at a taping, during a taping. It, it wasn't, it, that something like that is, is not, um, it's not pay-per-view material to me. That's just me growing up on the pay-per-views that I pay $65 for to watch, a, you know, to watch at home. Right. And beg and plead my mother that I'll do my homework every day. But, you know, it's you know, a story for another day. But, you know, I feel like it was just a build-up for Randy's return. Uh, the unshaved heel Randy. Um... And it's you know I, I I didn't I didn't like it I didn't like it. I feel like maybe if it would have lasted like a minute and twenty five seconds I would have been like oh okay mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. they did they did you know get down a little bit but it just you know Jeff is coming back from an injury when you come back from an injury you're supposed to be strong and you know better than ever mm-hmm. that's what you're supposed to be but. Just like my girl Oscar, Jeff was on his back week. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, a six-second loss, Ivy. I mean, uh, Jeff has been on fire since he's been back. World Tag Team Titles on Raw, United States Title on SmackDown. I totally understand the storyline with Randy Orton. He claims on on SmackDown last week it wasn't about the fact that Jeff kind of outstaged him and outshined him to get the United States Championship match in the first place. He says it's all about the fans and blah, blah, blah. No problem. Like I said, if Randy Orton wanted to come back and beat the crap out of Jeff Hardy, hey, I love it. No problem. But six seconds. Shinsuke squashes the former WWE champion, the United States champion, the tag team champion, the intercontinental champion, European, light heavyweight, all that good stuff. Six seconds. Yeah. You know, the more you say it, the worse it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's basically oh, man. how it works. Like, I get more upset. I, I literally rewatched the entire match in six seconds in my head because of Crazy. literally what I remember. Crazy. Well, once again, we're on the same page. Um, very disappointing. Shinsuke, again, no, no disrespect to him. I'm a huge Shinsuke Nakamura fan. I really so, love. Same the, here. Yeah, I love the heel turn. I mean, all three, all three men, all three men: Randy oh, sure. Orton, Jeff Hardy, Shinsuke. They're all amazing talent. They, they all are right now in their prime. You know, Randy is now back and getting back to where you know he previously was. You know, on the roster in terms of being relevant. You mm-hmm. know, on WWE. Uh, Twitter trends, you know, all that. I mean, that all plays into it. Um, but like I said, the Hardys might be stepping away for a little while. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the title was dropped, it makes sense. But in the way that it happened, I'm not too happy. 
about it. Yeah, neither am I. Yeah. I agree with you. And you know what? If what you're saying is true, which I do believe it's true, I've heard the rumors as well, for at least, maybe not for good, but at least a extended vacation for the Hardys. With Jeff Hardy coming back on SmackDown this Tuesday night, uh, by the way, you guys are listening to this afterwards, so feel free to uh, give your opinions about the show. Uh, SmackDown will air before this show airs, so make sure you check out uh, that episode of SmackDown. But with Jeff Hardy coming back tomorrow night, I'm thinking that might set up a SummerSlam match. And if Jeff Hardy's going to step away after SummerSlam, that could mean that Randy Orton's really going to give Jeff Hardy a beating that's going to send him away for six months, which... I kind of look forward to seeing, but at the same time, I don't. But, you know, we'll see what happens. There's going to be an RKO like four times. Yeah. One, two, three, if that happens. Through, through the table, you know, something like that. That's it. That's it. Yeah. He's going to do the RKO when he has him on the rope. That's about it. That's basically what's going to happen. Speaking of If through... it does lead to SummerSlam. Exactly. If it does lead to SummerSlam, I agree. That, that still is in the dark because he could end the whole thing tomorrow night. You don't even know. But listen... Speaking, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of going through tables, my friend. Speaking of going oh, through man. tables. Oh my God, that <laughs> poor man. The oh. next match. I know you know where I'm going with this thing. Steel Cage. A very well done storyline by WWE. I really like where Creative took this particular situation. I don't always agree i don't always like what they do but in this situation i really have enjoyed the kevin owens and braun Strowman saga kevin owens braun Strowman, 15 foot high steel cage traditional uh steel cage rules whoever escapes the cage first wins i'm not sure pinfalls were allowed but in this particular case pinfalls did not matter because there was no pinfall and one of the most epic bumps I've ever seen taken in WWE since I was a kid. 1998, Mick Foley, Hell in a Cell. Braun Strowman threw Kevin Owens off the top of the, of the, I was about to say a cell, off the top of the cage, through the announce table. And no, it wasn't a Shawn Michaels 1997 Hell in a Cell fall. All due respect to the Hall of Famer Shawn Michaels. It wasn't from the side of the cage. It was from the top of the cage. Turns out, because of the rules of a steel cage match, we all know the first person to hit the ground first is the winner. It turns out you could actually say that Kevin Owens won the match, but we all know who came out on top in that altercation. Epic, epic stuff. Ivy, talk to us about that match. But let's talk about the storyline first before we get into the match. Sure. The storyline had an amazing psychology to it. Um... It kept you entertained, what's it supposed to do. Um, and then once, we, once Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens got in the ring, the athleticism was amazing. Inside the cage, these guys were literally giving it everything that they had. Everything. And then I, I, thought, I thought that once, you know, once Braun was handcuffed, he couldn't go anywhere. I thought that Kevin was going to get away clean and just go home. No. My man flew. Oh, he yeah. believed he could fly that day. Oh, and yeah. Braun helped him believe. <laughs> <laughs> he flew. 
He sure did. He sure did. Uh, what about the nice uh, little cool uh, throwback uh, suck it gesture by Kevin Owens? How cool was that? Yes. I mean, so like, I think it's corny when people do stuff like that and like, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's corny. Like, you know, you already have your own name for yourself. Like, come up with your own type of gesture. Like, it's possible. Just think outside the box. Be creative. Look at Naomi. Naomi's entrance is fire. Why? Because she was creative. Her whole gimmick is on her. She created her gimmick. Absolutely. Kevin Owens created his. Kevin Owens created his own gimmick, and he has this thing that he just likes to steal old gimmicks and just bring it back to life with his own twist. Which I get it. I get it. But you know, it after you've done it a couple of times, it gets a little. It gets a little boring. I, I mean, know. it was a nice. He can't give him the middle finger, so I feel like that was the only thing he can give him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that would have been thumbs up by creative. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you never know why that person decided to go with that gesture. It could have been, you know, throwing respect. It could have been just using it because, again, can't use the middle finger. It's not that of the era. You have, like, kids that are five watching wrestling. Exactly. Um. And the WWE and the WWE now cares about that stuff because when I was nine, I was looking at middle fingers everywhere. I didn't care. Yeah. But <laughs> I I enjoyed it. As long as my mom didn't see, I enjoyed it. I was good. There you go. There you go. But um, but the fact that Braun Strowman broke out of those handcuffs, I probably think that was my that was my best that was my favorite moment in that match. It wasn't Kevin falling falling from the steel cage. I mean, that was cool. He looked like a ragdoll. But just Braun just breaking free like Hulk, I was like, yo, I wanted to run. And I was in my house watching it. It was, it was so dope. It was so well done, as you said. I agree with you completely. Um, Man, I mean, KO taking that bump. Braun doing what he did and breaking out of the, the handcuffs. I'm a DX mark, so I love the suck it uh, gesture. I'm a DX mark for life, so... Forgive me for that, but my God, <laughs> such a well done storyline match. And it's now going to lead to a SummerSlam match where the money in the bank's going to be on the line. Only the second time in history that the money in the bank uh, contract will be on the line in something other than a money in the bank ladder match. Uh, Mr. Anderson, a.k.a. Uh, Mr. Kennedy, lost the money in the bank contract to Edge in 2007 in a match on Raw. Uh, coming up in SummerSlam, Kevin Owens will have the chance to do the same thing. I personally think he will be unsuccessful, even though I am going to be cheering for him like crazy. Because I would love to see Kevin Owens win the Money in the Bank and cash in. That would be awesome. Yeah, that that would be pretty awesome. And then, like I said, Kevin Owens has a thing that he likes stealing things from other people and just putting his own twist on it. So, you know, it, it fits. I'll be okay with that. I agree. I agree. I uh, I think it would be pretty dope. Uh, that takes us to the following match. Once again, big, big props to Braun and Kevin Owens for putting on the match that would have been the match of the night, in my opinion. But I think we're going to agree on the fact. Well, maybe we won't. But I, I think Kevin Owens and, and Braun was the second best match of the entire night. And the first was a match that we're going to be talking about at the end. But we'll get to that very shortly let's talk right now about the smackdown world tag team championship 
uh, the Bludgeon Brothers, a.k.a. the Wyatt Family, a.k.a. Uh, Rowan and Harper, uh, a.k.a. nobody's been able to beat them since they became a tag team, a.k.a. they're undefeated since coming back to SmackDown, all that good stuff, taking on Team Hell No. And I'm going to sound off a little bit about this, and then I definitely want your take as well, IR. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it how WWE... I don't know if Kane is injured for real or if Kane coming back to help Daniel Bryan was kind of a one-time deal. But if you have Kane coming back and you have them so over as they were on that first night on SmackDown uh, when Kane returned to help Daniel Bryan, they hugged it out. It was really a cool kind of feel-good, kind of nostalgic moment leading into the tag title match. And then before the match gets started, they get jumped in the back to the point where K uh, Kane, kayfabe, cannot uh, compete in the match. And then Daniel Bryan pretty much gets beat up two-on-one. Kane shows up, but it's too late. They lose the match. I don't like it. I don't like it. What was the point in bringing Team Hell No back if you were going to have them get... I hate to say it, squashed in the tag title match. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like one a uh, situation where it's kind of foggy. You don't know what direction it's going or what they're trying to do. Like you're trying to figure it out, and you're like, "Well, guess what? Gotta watch SmackDown now and find this out." Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, I, I I'm gonna be perfectly honest. I like the twist of bringing an uh, old tag team and an old gimmick together um, to the fans to bring it to surface, mm -hmm. I feel like it was a nice reunion, especially that they're trying to do the whole playoff thing between Sasha. If you notice it, they're trying to do that whole play thing with Sasha and Bailey. So it's like the originators of that, you know, awkward tag team. Right. They're just not friends. Right. Um. I liked it. I like I, I like the, the team Hell No reunion. I mean, Daniel Bryan wrestling again, I'm all for that. Like, I'm happy for him. He's, he's doing what he loves, and, you know, it just proves that when 20 people t tell you no, you can make one person say yes, oh, okay. you know? And it just, you know, it makes you a believer. In terms of the bludgeoning of uh, brothers, in terms of them, I mean, I think they're pretty badass, man. I mean, you know, they have that whole, like, it's like Braun Strowman separated into two people. That's how I see it. <laughs> and, you know, you have some... I like it. I like it. <laughs> it's like they were somewhere in Tony Stark's lab, and they cloned Braun Strowman and just split the clone and made... Bludgeon Brothers. You are so awesome uh, for that. But you, you are so awesome for that. <laughs> oh my god. I'm a comic book nerd, so I can't help it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know where they're trying to go. Like, I don't know the angle that they're trying to go, but it's one of. I can't say I enjoyed it. I can't say it, you know I get it because honestly, I didn't get it. I still don't get it. We're talking about it now and. The listeners can hear my voice, but I didn't get it, so I didn't get it right now. I'm not gonna pretend I do. Right. Um, right. I don't like I don't like to pretend. Um, I like to keep it real, well and uh, well it's just it's, it's gonna it's gonna go in the direction where we'll probably be able to talk about it later, but we can't really talk about it right now. <laughs> I yeah. can't talk about it right now. What's your opinion? 
I mean, I'm, 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 I think I'm with you. I, I think the thing, though, is that, you know, I, I got a chance to watch SmackDown last week and a very entertaining segment with um, with The Miz that led to uh, uh, Daniel Bryan coming out, the fake baby, um, which is obviously, well, I don't want to say obviously, which is likely going to lead to a Daniel Bryan versus Miz, Miz match at SummerSlam. But it's almost like Team Hell No came, it was like two weeks. Team Hell No was back for two weeks, and now... Um, they're gone. I agree. The Bludgeon Brothers are the real deal. By the way, my favorite tag, tag team on the SmackDown brand is the Usos. I love the heel turn. I think they were the best tag team in the world in 2017. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's almost like the Team Hell No. The biggest thing for me is not the fact that Team Hell No lost the match. It's the fact that the reunion lasted two weeks. I mean, Kane was not on SmackDown this past Tuesday. He's not scheduled to be on SmackDown tomorrow night. He's kayfabe uh, injured, which probably means he has to go back to taking care of his duties as the mayor. And uh, it's over, so I don't know. I mean, I feel like they probably will try to play into it. I'll kind of be upset, like, if, you, if they never mention it again. Mm-hmm. Like, tomorrow, like, let's say tomorrow SmackDown. Um... For the listeners, SmackDown would already have been, like, the day before. Yep. But if you're tuning in on, like, WWE uh, Network or Hulu, literally probably they will watch. I mean, I never catch I never catch for all SmackDown Live. I always have to watch it, like, on my lunch break. Absolutely. At work. Yeah, so, you know. It used to be nice. I don't know what it's like to come home. And watch TV. <laughs> Neither do I. Neither do I. I, I, I miss I miss when life was I, I miss when TV was my whole life. I miss those days. You know, I, I used to like rush home to watch Jersey Shore. Like I used to be like that much of a TV person. And now it's like, eh, I'm good. I'll be alright. Now you know what? Now I hate to say it. I mean, uh, at thirty two years old, now all I like to do is, like, take a nap. Like, I'm, I'm like a grandpa now. Christian, let me tell you something. I turned 28 um, on uh, Friday. Yes. Big, yo, yo, yo. I got to cut you off. I got to cut you off. <laughs> Happy birthday. I know I hit you up on your birthday. Thank but for you. all the listeners, you know what I'm saying? Happy birthday to the homie IR. You know what I'm saying? She's really dope, really cool person. Happy birthday. Thank you. But let me tell you something. I like my nap. I'm that person that I have a Jeep, right? And I put the seat in the back down just so I could take a nap. <laughs> it's to that level. I feel you. To that level. I feel you. Naps naps are winning in 2018. Don't sleep. Actually, do sleep. I take that back. Do sleep. <laughs> but, um, like 15 minutes. No, exactly. <laughs> but those, little, those little cat naps and little recharge joints are, are the very best. But yeah, t- Team Hell No unsuccessful in their return against the Bludgeon Brothers. And pretty much, it's only been about a week, but have pretty much fallen off the earth ever since that moment. Kane was uh, unsuccessful in trying to come back after being attacked in the back to help Daniel Bryan. The match probably lasted about three minutes after... Now, probably about two minutes after Kane uh, arrived, and by then it was too late, and the Bludgeon Brothers are still the undefeated World Tag Team Champions on the SmackDown brand. That leads us to what I would call, I guess, the semi-main event or the co-main event of the evening. It was a singles match, not for any title shots, not for any titles at all. 
It was for bragging rights. It was to see who is the big dog. Uh, the returning, it's still safe to say returning Bobby Lashley. It's only been a couple of months. The returning Bobby Lashley facing Roman Reigns. Okay, we all deep breath when you say Roman Reigns, the most pulverizing figure in WWE other than John Cena, who's a part-timer now. So I guess on the full-time scale, Roman Reigns is the most pulverizing figure in WWE. He is currently on his way to SummerSlam, which I am not happy about, but we'll touch on that in a few minutes. Ivy, I want you to talk to the people about the fact that Bobby Lashley was successful against Roman Reigns. And, in my opinion, that match means absolutely nothing. Because two weeks later, in a number one contenders match, Roman Reigns was victorious. So what does it really mean that Bobby Lashley beat Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules? What it means is that Bobby's back. And it's some type of hope that there potentially is going to be a storyline between him and Brock Lesnar. And that's actually one match that I, I would literally sit down, have a beer, and watch. Okay. Because you have two men that competed in UFC. Like, it's going to be like a real, like, it's going to get real. Like, have you ever seen, like, Braun Strowman and Brock fight? Like, like if you think they're having a street fight in the parking lot of a bar. Oh, no like, doubt. Like, it's serious. No like, doubt, yeah. They hate, they make it seem like they hate each other. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Bobby, Bobby is in a, like, you, you, you were completely correct in the beginning. You said that Bobby was, you know, he's the returning. He's still, yeah, you can definitely say that because he's still, although he's made his mark in the past, he is now making his mark in this generation, in this era. So he is still now making a name for himself, although he has the name. Mm -hmm. If that mm -hmm. makes sense to me. That makes a lot of sense, yep. Um, and then you have Roman Reigns that, full disclosure, my last name is not because I'm a Roman Reigns fan. It's just that, that's, that's, that's my, my stepmother, that, that's her real last name. Like, okay. and I took it to honor her. Gotcha. I, took it, I took it to honor her. She passed away from cancer. So for the fans that are listening, Ivy Roman is not because Ivy loves Roman Reigns. Don't get it twisted. He's okay. I've, I've met his family, and there's people in his family that's better than him. That's my opinion. Wow. But they're all that's, amazing. That's a hot take. That's a hot they're take. They're all amazing. They're all amazing. You guys are all amazing. But it's just, I don't know. I just feel like he's a great competitor in the ring. Um, for the girls listening, he's handsome. For me, watching him on TV, I think he has cool tattoos. That's the funny. That's how I see him. Okay. I want to see. I think it's awesome. Okay. But, okay. you know, he's defending his yard. The ring is his yard. So that's his, that's his territory. It belongs to him. And it was for bragging rights. It basically was, but at the end of the day, it also was for Bobby to reestablish himself in the WWE within this era. I, I hear you, Ivy, but, but here, here's the thing. Uh, and by the way, I'm really glad you cleared up the fact that you're not, uh, you know, a, a Roman Reigns mark. Uh, I knew that, but I'm glad you told the fans about that. Um, listen, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Look, I understand where you're coming from. Okay, Bobby Lashley came back. He won a big pay-per-view match. Two weeks later, two weeks later, 
you have the same match where something is on the line. So yeah, okay, Bobby Lashley was successful in a pay-per-view one-on-one match with absolutely nothing on the line. You bring them back on Raw for the chance to fight the big fight, which is against Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, and Roman Reigns goes over clean. So again, I know I'm repeating myself. I know you already answered me, so please just indulge me. What does the Extreme Rules match really mean when when uh, excuse me when uh, Bobby Lashley wasn't able to get it done with the SummerSlam title shot on the line? Obviously, we know the wrestling business. It was a decision that was made. What does that booking say to you? I mean, to me, it, it, first of all, whether it was at a taping or on a pay-per-view, they put on a great show. They had they had a great they had two great match matches. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, you're right. SummerSlam doesn't really matter because he's not going to. He, He's, I mean, not SummerSlam, I'm sorry. Extreme Rules didn't matter because he's not going to SummerSlam. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't mean much, but you have the way both men fed off of each other, you have a potential to keep the story going. Well, if Roman, you know, beats Brock and he's champion, and then the next pay-per-view, it's Bobby and Roman again. And they have this whole view. They have this whole, you know, macho, you know, macho man, like, right. appeal to themselves. Like, yeah, you know, I'm the man. This is, this is mine. Bobby's like, well, I've been here already. You know, I've already established myself. This is my house. You know, basically, that's how I feel. Do you feel like the powers that be in WWE are not sure about Bobby Lashley yet? Obviously, like you said, you depicted it perfectly how he was, you know, Rain said it himself that Bobby Lashley was in the main event of WrestleMania 23. It wasn't really the main event, but it was the highest profile match of the night with Trump and Vince. Um, Stone Cold was the referee. Uh, You know, do you think the powers that be in WWE, the decision makers, are not yet sure about Bobby Lashley? Because think about it. You had a chance for a fresh matchup at SummerSlam, your second biggest event of the year. You had a chance for a fresh match between Brock and uh, and Bobby Lashley in a match that probably would have sold itself with the whole UFC background and all that. And you decided to go with Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. What is this, for the fourth time? Yes, basically. You know, so... Yeah. I- I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, we know Roman Reigns is going to SummerSlam in the main event. As of this very moment, Bobby Lashley's not even on the show. I'm sure that'll change, but wow. Okay, well, we agree it, it was it a might, match. I mean, it might, it might turn into a triple threat. You never know because WWE loves good old triple threats. That's true. Um, That's true. For, for titles. That's for true. titles. That's true. <laughs> a triple threat or a four-way. That's how they fall every day. I mean, and it's not a bad idea. I mean, I would love to see, you know, all three men in the ring together and see who comes out victorious because, you know, Brock is not an easy man. I mean, you just got to hit Brock in the legs, and I think it'll go down. Agreed. Agreed. I want to take you off on a little bit of a tangent right now before we get into the last match of the night, the Raw Women's Championship, um, the last couple of matches of the night, the Raw Women's Championship, 
the WWE title, and then the Intercontinental Championship, Iron Man. How do you feel about Brock Lesnar being um, a double champion? Let's say he's successful at SummerSlam against Roman. How do you feel about what a lot of people are thinking is WWE's plan to have uh, Brock Lesnar show up against Daniel Cormier for the UFC title with the WWE Universal title over his shoulder? Oh my god, let me let me brace myself. Let me brace myself for this one. Okay. Pro wrestling is not UFC. Like if you're gonna do one, do one. If you're gonna if you're gonna stick to one thing. Like there's everybody wants to have like sixty Grammys in their in their like in their arms, mm-hmm. have twenty belts around every part of their body, but at the end of the day, how how about that opportunity going to other talent? opening doors for other talent instead of being fixated on a part-timer that's never there. Right. What is he the champion of? Like, what? Of going, of being home and going to Walmart and coming back? Like, what is he the champion of? Pretty much. I, that's, that's basically it. Like, I get it. You know, they have this field bringing in a lot of former UFC fighters, competitors, you know, and it, it, Hey, they have Ronda, but Ronda said it herself. She used UFC to get to where she wanted to be. She always wanted to be a wrestler. So, I mean, if I if there's two UFC, uh, former UFC, actually no, three. It's three. It's three UFC fighters I respect. It's three. It's three. Right. Right. And I mean, I, Brock I think, Lesnar is not on that list. Right. I feel you. I think. I think the logic of WWE. Correct me if you think I'm wrong. I think the logic, assuming that Brock Lesnar wins at SummerSlam, I personally think that SummerSlam will be Roman Reigns' time to get over on Brock. But let's say he doesn't. I think Vince's, Stephanie's, whoever's idea is to have Brock walk into UFC as the WWE Universal Champion, hopefully in their minds beat Daniel Cormier in a real UFC in a fight and prove that WWE people are... Uh, represented this time by Brock Lesnar are badasses. So basically the logic is, you know what? Never call us fake again, which by the way, I agree. I've talked to you about this before. Wrestling is not fake. It may be, it may be predetermined, but it's not fake. But, um, you know, the idea is to have Brock walk in, assuming he's successful at SummerSlam, as a universal champion and defeat the UFC champion, bringing what? Maybe some legitimacy to the WWE product? What do you think? You would think you would think it would be for that, right? You would think you you would think it was it it would be for you know make make me a known that pro wrestling is an actual actual sport and for people to respect it. But at the end of the day, what they if that's the direction they go in, mm-hmm. they're doing it for the subscribers for the network and they're doing it for the viewers for Raw and SmackDown. Why? Because it's money. If someone is at the UFC event and they see they see Brock with the WWE title, I'm like, ooh, what's, what's that? And they don't know. Like, they have no clue. What is the first thing they're going to do? They're going to Google it. And when they Google his name, what is going to come up? WWE comes first. That's right. And then UFC. So guess what? The UFC fan, fan is now a pro wrestling fan. It opened, it, it's more money. I mean, I'm not saying it's 
I'm not saying it's a, it's a bad thing. Hey, make all the money you can. You know, if the opportunity, if the door is open, the opportunity is staring at your face, go for it. But I would prefer to maybe see Ronda Rousey do something like that. Okay. Or okay. Bobby Lashley before Brock. That's fair. That's do we fair. not remember? Do we not? Do we not remember he lost his last UFC match? He did. He yeah. certainly did. And, and the one and the last fight that he he won, he got it got the decision yeah. got overturned because of PEDs. Yep, that's right. Do your homework. I do. I try. <laughs> I try. Listen, I know you're. I know you're one of the but, best in the ring. I want to be one of the best on the journalistic side. So I got to do my homework. <laughs> but yeah, man, you're 100 percent right. I mean, you know what the thing? You know what makes me mad about it? If Brock took the WWE, well, I say WWE title, the Universal title over the UFC, I'd probably buy the pay-per-view my damn self. Nah, you know what I'll do? You go to Buffalo Wild Wings and you get the 10 wing piece and like you watch it. it for free. I like it. <laughs> I like the way you think. I like or, the way you think. Or, 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 if you don't like Buffalo Wild Wings, I like Hooters over Buffalo. You go to Hooters. All right, well, sign me up. Sign me up. Sign me up to go to Hooters anytime. By the way, Hooters, if you want to do a little sponsorship deal, holler at me. I love Hooters. Where? Oh my God, their wings just like the. I I prefer their wings over Buffalo. Oh, we we're talking about wings. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're talking about wings. Oh, I messed up. I messed up. All I heard was (laughs) I messed up. That's my fault. That's me being a dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, you like you? Oh, okay. You like Hooters? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, see, I got you. I got you. I got you. Hooters has a Hooters has a wider beer selection. That's my thing. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. I'm not gonna tell you though. I'm I'm not gonna go into great detail about why I go to Hooters, but we'll we'll talk about that off the air. But anyway, um, I think we all know. I think we all know. We all know. Oh man, drop the kayfabe. Good it's stuff. for the girls. Exactly. It's for the girls. It's for the girls. No doubt. It's for the girls. <laughs> uh, good stuff. They, let's, let's... They, hire, they hire well. <laughs> That's what, uh, yes, they do. Um, all right. Let's get focused. Come on, Ivy. Let's get focused. All right. So we're back. To... <laughs> we're back to um, we're back to the main card of Extreme Rules. We're talking about the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, wow. I got it. I'm gonna tell you uh, a little bit of a hot take that I feel on this match. Uh, I feel like it was thrown together, and I feel like it was whack. I feel like um, there was no chance on earth that Nia Jax was gonna walk out as champion. I hate when wrestling matches, and this is as a lifelong fan, and as I said, a journalist. I hate when matches are so predictable. You had Ronda Rousey in the crowd. You have Nia Jax, who after, literally after she uh, defeated, I guess you could say defeated Ronda Rousey by disqualification, so, you know, Alexa can cash in at Money in the Bank. Um, Immediately, it seems like Nia Jax and and Ronda Rousey are cool again. After weeks and weeks of, like, bashing each other on promos, all of a sudden, like, as soon as the match was over, like, oh, we're all good now. Um, I don't know where Natalia fits in this whole thing. And like I said... Oh my God! You put the words right out of my mouth. I was gonna say, you know, Natalia was there too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing there? Exactly. So 
all in all, and I, I want your take on this, all in all, uh, very predictable. We knew it was going to happen. We knew Alexa was going to win. We knew Ronda Rousey was going to jump in from out of the crowd. Give me your opinion on this match. I, I, I don't know. I mean, oh man, where do I start? I mean, it was it was it was okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really, I really wasn't won over it. Like I, I can honestly say, like although I still lost, I was a lot more attentive at, to to that match with Carmella and Asuka. Okay. Um, in terms of in terms of Ronda Rousey coming out. I was upset with her because, you know, for someone that does UFC, for someone that's a a former UFC fighter, she has, you know, all this knowledge and strength uh, in martial arts. Um, And, you know, personally, I I used to box. Okay. I I kick box and, you know, not, not, you know, wrestling. Yeah. And the one thing you have to remember is footwork and placement. I feel like she was so in the moment that that all just went out the window. I think her nerves got the best of her. Wow, please, please talk more about that. that's what. Yeah, break that down, please. When you, all right, so everybody that's listening right now, all the listeners, if you... Go to the network right now while you're listening to this. Fast forward to when Ronda Rousey jumps over and grabs uh, Mickey James. Mickey James. Mm-hmm. She, she stutters. She doesn't know where to throw her. She literally goes in a circle and then throws her right next to Natalia. That's so true. When if, if her footwork was actually, if she was actually in control, her footwork was on point, just roll her to the apron, her face to the apron, and just have her go go in a corner hurt instead of, you know, conjoining and piling on top of Natalia. Right, right. Because that just takes away, like, you're, you're ringside for Nia Jax, but you're hurt next to Mickey James. Right, absolutely. Your, that that anal- that analysis is right on the money. Oh my goodness! I mean, this is why, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted Ivy Roman on the show. Uh, we're, we're giving you some really good insights. She's giving you some really good nuggets about um, what it takes to be a coordinated. Forget wrestling. Forget MMA. Forget any sport. We're talking about being a coordinated individual. Like she's talking about the lack of coordination that Ronda Rousey had at that moment. Am I right? And listen, yes. And listen, I love Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. I'm one of her biggest fans. And I respect her. I respect her so much. But her nerves are getting the best of her. And it's showing on TV. Wow. And it's not making her look strong. I love this. I love this. Talk about it, please. Because I, I haven't been able to put my finger on it. But it seems like she's just a touch, a touch. And I'm a big fan of Ronda Rousey as well. A touch uncomfortable out there. She's uncomfortable because it's unfamiliar. That is why she's still. It's like all right. It's like when you move into a new house, 
and you have to like adapt and you have to adjust to your new surroundings. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it is. I love because it. you have to remember once she once she got signed, she just she was in the process of finishing a movie. Right. The movie, some I forgot what's the name of the movie. What's the movie that she's in? Uh, something with mile. The word mile is in it, I think. No, that's the name of it. Mile. Oh, okay, there you I go. Think that's the name of it. All right. Yeah, it's Mile, and Mark Wahlberg is like the main character. Okay, cool. But yeah, so she's she's literally finding where she fits, mm-hmm. and it's fine. It's 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 fine. Every every talent, uh, Mile Twenty Two. That's the name of the movie. Every talent has gone through that. Naomi went through that once she uh, separated from uh, from the Funko Dapples and mm-hmm. she went as a single competitor. That's a fact. She ha- she struggled she struggled to find her place. But she found it. Like literally once she figured it out, she tapped into it, she was golden. And Listen, they need to stop trying to do these crazy hairstyles to my home to my homegirl Ronda Rousey. <laughs> like needs, and you know that you know which meme I'm talking about. You needs to stop because I called uh, it before that meme even came out. That's so funny and it's so like, true. Oh my god. <laughs> she's she's adjusting. She's adjusting. She'll she, if listen, I I I I believe I I believe firmly in this podcast. Ronda Rousey, if you are listening, tone your nerves down. You got this. You're strong. Keep going at it. The fans love it. I still respect you the same way from your loss in UFC. Before your loss, you've always been a strong woman. But you need to chill out, man. You need to calm down those nerves. I'll, and I'll piggyback like, off of that, too. I'll piggyback off of that. I, I actually, huh? I'm saying I'll piggyback off of what you're saying because I think you're 100% right. I actually... The first UFC pay-per-view I ever purchased was when she came off of the Holly Holm loss and was about to fight Amanda Nunes, and unfortunately, she was unsuccessful in that match as well. But she's one of the best in the world. Just calm down a little bit. I think Ivy's uh, insight on the situation was right on the money. Um, you're, 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 you're being groomed. I think if, if Ronda or anybody who... Because I, I believe everybody's going to hear this show. I think this show is popping. And I think everybody's going to hear it. So I'm going to assume Ronda Rousey's listening. They're, you're being groomed to be the main event of freaking WrestleMania. I mean, that that's the bottom line. So everybody knows how good you are. Just 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 walk in it. Everybody knows how good you are. You know. But let me I ask mean, you. Go ahead. Go. Please. Go. 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 I feel like I feel like we're taking, taking it away from like. Like, I don't want Ronda Rousey to overshadow the actual competitors of the match. Naya and Alexa, when they get into the ring, no matter what, they tell a good story. No, and no, no, I feel no, like no, no, they, no. They tell a good, they tell a, they, psychology-wise, they tell a good story. That may have been true. Wise, that may have been true at WrestleMania, but it may have been true uh, leading up to Money in the Bank until, you know, Ronda Rousey came into the picture. That match at Extreme Rules was to do absolutely nothing, Ivy. And you're the professional here, but I'm telling you, in my opinion, that match, I uh, excuse me, um, uh, Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss for the Women's Championship at Extreme Rules 
was to do nothing but set the stage for Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam. Yeah, I gotta say you're right. But they're still, they're not, let's not take away anything from Nia. Okay. Because Nia is still doing her thing. No matter, no matter if she's going to main event or she's going to be on the card for SummerSlam mm-hmm. or not, mm-hmm. her face, she's still relevant. True. It's, it's not one of these scenarios, it's not one of these scenarios that, you know, she, she lost, that's it. And there she goes back, you know, and you know, the back of the locker room, not being called up for a match. Right. For on TV tapings, you know. Yeah. She still has a lot of potential. I mean, I would love to see her uh, win again. I mean, like you said, everything is a, it's a, it's a foundation to build up, to build up to, you know, Ronda Rousey and Alexa Bliss. I, I'm not sure how that match is going to go. Right. But I look forward to talking about it next time. Well, <laughs> I definitely, well, I mean, you're kind of foreshadowing. That's, that's you know, it's so dope that you're doing that. You're kind of foreshadowing where I'm going to go after we finish these last two matches because I do want your SummerSlam predictions as it pertains to the match that have already been announced. But we'll get to that very, very soon. So Alexa Bliss is successful in uh, uh, predictably predictably, uh, that's just me putting my two cents in, predictably uh, successful in her title defense against Nia Jax with Ronda Rousey interfering. Nia Jax ended up getting the win. Uh, Excuse me, Alexa Bliss, excuse me, got the win, and that set up the stage for her to face Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam. Next, in my opinion, and many people in the world's opinion, the most prestigious championship of them all, including the universal title, including the fact that Brock Lesnar is the baddest man on the planet. I could care less. AJ Styles, that belt that he wears around his waist and over his shoulder is the most prestigious title in the history of the business. And he defended that title against arguably the hottest wrestler with the hottest gimmick right now in the industry. It was Rusev Day. At Extreme Rules, but unfortunately for Rusev, due to, to some, I guess you could say, some malfunctioning interference by his good friend Aiden English, AJ Styles retained the title. Now, here's the deal. I don't really want to talk too much about the match. I take that back. You talk about whatever you want to talk about. But what I want you to talk about, in addition to whatever you were thinking, Ivy, is this. Rusev Day, I call him Rusev Day. His name is Rusev. Rusev was unsuccessful. I think maybe a lot of people saw that coming. Possible because it's not his time Rusev, yet. Rusev Day got canceled that day. Rusev Day got I like canceled. It. I like it a lot, actually. <laughs> I like it a lot. That was swaggy. I like that. But the question is this. Rusev Day is the hottest thing going. Should Rusev be the WWE champion right now? Did WWE, did the booking team make a mistake? Because AJ is awesome. AJ's my guy, but Rusev is hot right now. Did they miss catching lightning in a bottle by having Rusev lose to AJ Styles? No. Okay. No. And the reason why, the minute Rusev will get that title, literally, it will just die out. Mm. And, so, and literally, it will probably go right back to AJ. 
Okay, that's fair. I think I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's not gonna happen. Right. It's possible. You know, it. You know, it's possible that they're building up some type of feud because you know, extreme rules due to his loss. Rusev's day was canceled, and you know, Rusev is gonna feel a certain type of way about that. He's gonna. He's gonna want to reclaim and his name and make people. You know. Celebrate with him with a victory, a victory, not a loss. Absolutely. Uh, and I think, I, I think, th- I think that will be Rusev's angle. I mean, I personally, no matter who has a, that title, AJ or Rusev, I'll be, uh, I think, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. I mean, with I have no choice now, but right. <laughs> I'll be okay with either or. Right. And but I'm scared though. I'm scared, Ivy, because um, to to your point. Um, AJ is moving on to Samoa Joe, as as was pretty pretty much known by the viewing public. Uh, the it was kind of leaked, I guess you can say. Uh, the uh, Hell in a Cell uh promo was leaked, where Samoa Joe would be uh in a match with AJ Styles there. So it was pretty much uh thought about that it was going to be a, a rematch from SummerSlam, and we got that confirmation this past Tuesday night. Who will be the champion by Hell in a Cell? That's still up in the air, so it's definitely a must-see match at SummerSlam. But back to Rusev. Rusev losing that match, uh, they're focusing more, as of last Tuesday anyway, on Aiden English's mistakes. So, my God, is Rusev going to slip back to mid-card status after having one chance to be a main event? I mean, it's possible because it's, it's happened. It's happened more than once already. Um... But the thing that I the thing that I like about Rusev is that no matter if he's mid card or main event, you still enjoy anything that man has to say in a promo or right. you know his working in the ring, his gimmick, his gimmick, and his you know itself it's these bottings that you know he's going to stay around longer. I personally feel like the WWE is looking. For that one talent to replace John Cena, mm-hmm. that they've been scrambling and scrambling, and right now, AJ and Rusev they sell tickets, they sell a lot of merch. Yes, they do. Um, so why not just keep both of them and just play off of them here and there? You never know. AJ might. AJ might be Samoa Joe, and then Rusev wants another chance, or it'll be Samoa Joe and Rusev. And then AJ gets upset because he wants to reclaim, you know, his cause to, you know, try to win his title back. It becomes a triple threat. Again, WWE loves triple threats. Four ways. Everybody can wrestle at the same time. It's a great place. <laughs> you but, know what I think? I think WWE should sign you to their creative team, like, yesterday. Listen, if I was... If I was, who have more ratings <laughs> there you go. There than you what go. they have right now. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. Um, yeah, so Rusev Day unsuccessful at, at Listen, that's why, that's, that's, that's why, sorry, that's why NYC Wrestling has me. They love me so much. They hold me down. That's what's up. No, no doubt. Listen, NYC is popping. We're going to be there uh, on August 10th. I'm so excited about that. I was about to call it a pay-per-view because it's pay-per-view quality, but I'm so excited about that event. 
Um, right. Shout out to El Ray and all the people over there making those decisions. Appreciate y'all bringing me back. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the homie Ivy in the corner of Riot Rays against Vince Steele. Yo, I'm going to do it on the air. I was going to wait till off the air, but no, I'm going to do it on the air. I need Riot Rays on the show ASAP. Listen. Listen, I spoke to him. He's a king. He runs on his own time. Okay. It's going to happen. That's what's up. It's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. I've talked to him already. And, you know, I've, you know, we both tried to reach out to him. The, the king is, the king of monsters is a busy king of monsters. I you understand. Know? He, I understand. He, he, he likes to do things on his own time. It's going to happen. But it's going to happen in his time. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta practice patience. I, I, I understand. I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. Shout out to Riot Rays. We're looking forward to seeing him on August 10th. So the main event of Extreme Rules, by the way, this is my reaction to the choice of main event for Extreme Rules. Do you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? That's called a round of applause for WWE finally making a decision that makes sense, putting arguably the two best workers in the industry today on the main event where they belong. We're talking about, in my opinion, the new age, Shawn Michaels, new age, Billy Gunn with more athleticism, Dolph Ziggler versus the Kingslayer, Seth Rollins. For the Intercontinental Championship, which you can honestly say is the most prestigious title on Monday Night Raw because we haven't seen the Universal title since April in a 30-minute Iron Man match. <laughs> Ivy, talk to the people. You can tell I'm fired up right now. You're super fired up. Like, you can you can just speak for me, and I think they'll be satisfied, but I think <laughs> they want to hear from me, so I'll throw my two cents in. Yes. That match was... Wait, can I curse on this on this podcast? Say what you gotta PC say. Or, say what you gotta like, say. Say what you gotta say. Yo, that match was king awesome. That between that match and Ron Strowman and Kevin Owens, I've watched twice. Yes. Just to watch those two matches. Yes. That's it. That's it. First of all, in the beginning, when Ziggler came back, we were all thinking what the heck is he doing? Mm -hmm. Like, what are they going to do with him? He right. just came out of left field. Yep. But man, sometimes left field comes home and <laughs> they put on the <laughs> hell of a match. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. What a magnificent they put on one, job. I, I, I can't even, I can't even, I, I can't even break it down. Like, if you haven't seen this match, you need to, you need to finish listening to this podcast then stop what you're doing and go watch that match because it was amazing. They did the, really they, was. They, they so, did the damn thing. They did. They really did. And the and I feel like they they brought the the IC title back to life. Yes. And yes. I, I I abbreviate it. I, I'm I'm a huge acronym girl, so you guys know what I mean. Yes. But they brought <laughs> that title back to life. The intercontinental championship was brought it had it had died we forgot it was a thing and they brought it back to life like eminence ah i like it i like it i like it a lot i like it a lot i'm gonna tell you something the two best workers in wwe right now maybe aj styles honorable mention but seth rollins and dolph 
By the way, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler, for the love of God. The most underutilized talent in the industry. You thought he was going to get over. You thought he had a chance to be big after he beat Alberto Del Rio the night after WrestleMania 29 for the World Heavyweight title. They, they, that didn't work out. Then you made him the sole survivor of Survivor Series 2014 in the Authority versus John Cena match. And it still didn't work out. You misused them. I'm going off. I'm, I'm going off right now, Ivy. Bear with me. You misused them. You misused them for years and years. In my opinion, the best pure athlete in the industry today. The man is main event quality. And finally, now how long it'll last? I don't know. They'll probably screw it up today. But for that night, finally, <laughs> finally, Dolph Ziggler gets a chance to main event, which is something he should have been doing five years ago. Ivy, talk to the people. I don't know what you want me to say because you just said everything. And, like, for those of you that don't know, um, there's a couple of my friends and fans that like to uh, put me and Dolph Ziggler side by side on one day. And that is July 27th because we do have the same birthday. Nice. Um, yeah. And I, I didn't even know that that was Triple H's birthday, too. So... You know, I was told that all day Friday, like, by my fans and, you know, like, DMs and stuff like that. And, like, a part of me was like, all right, yeah, I don't, all right. Like, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm talent, I'm talent in the making. I'm training, so I, I really don't get hyped. Um, but if there's one thing that I can say, not even for a wrestler, not even a person, if I can say one thing about a Leo is that a Leo, once we're determined, we keep going no matter how many times we get laid out, we get right back up. And we keep going, we keep fighting, and we're always hungry, we're starving. That's what we do. So, man, Dolph, you did your thing. I'm proud of you. Seth Rollins, he definitely held his end up, his end up of of the of that match, he definitely carried the weight as well. I mean, I I don't know. I just I'm just gonna keep saying that it was amazing. Like I gotta stop because I'm gonna sound like a part. But it was really really entertaining. The athleticism was there. The psychology was there, and I'm huge on those aspects. And it was I I like I like I've always liked Hugh Ziegler as opposed to babyface Ziggler. So I'm happy. It was a good, it, it was it was definitely, definitely main event material. And I am, like you said, I don't agree creative all the time, but this is one time that I was like, good job. Absolutely, absolutely. So overall, and I'm going to actually do a little bit more detail. Um, I'll probably do a little bit of a write-up about this, but... I gave this show a four out of possible five stars. I thought it was uh, a really good show. I thought there were a couple of duds in there. I wasn't really pleased with the, as I went into great deal detail about my dissatisfaction with the women's title match, both women's title matches. Um, so um, I, that kind of took away 
from a five-star rating, but I thought that Extreme Rules was a really, really good show. I felt it was a tremendous lead-in for SummerSlam. And uh, speaking of SummerSlam, Miss Roman, I definitely need your opinion about three matches that have been uh, already established for the SummerSlam pay-per-view. We all know as wrestling fans that SummerSlam is the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. So, already announced, we got Dolph versus Seth Rollins once again for the Intercontinental Championship. What are your thoughts? I think Rollins might win it back. Okay. And they're going to do this. Um, I mean, who knows? Dolph Ziggler could do it, could do it, could do it. And they continue like this whole, uh, this, this whole storyline between the both of them. And it, it'll feel like forever to us, but it'll be really a short amount of time. But I do honestly believe that, the, you know, the championship is going to probably wind up back on uh, Seth Rollins' uh, waist, but wasn't there, wasn't there talk that uh, Ziggler wasn't going to be around much longer in the WWE as well, like he was going to take some time away again, I've so heard, I've I heard think that. that's also going to play into it. Yes, yes, that's very astute, very astute observation on your part, I have heard that, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like we already have our answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The same with the Hardys. Like I, I knew the Hardys were gonna lose the title that night. That's true. I, I, I just had a feeling, and then literally a few days later, they made it, there was rumors, and rumors are not just rumors. Rumors is sometimes an announcement to prepare you for what's going to happen because you're not going to like it. That's true. You know, one time they threw a swerve at us, um, which I appreciated. Um, obviously, the Brock Lesnar winning at WrestleMania 34 was a bit of a swerve because nobody knew that Brock Lesnar. Uh, resigned, but another one that kind of stares out to me glaringly is WrestleMania 33. Everybody knew Jericho was going away, but uh, and so Jericho actually lost the title at WrestleMania, the United States title, to KO, and won it back mm-hmm. on the following pay per view. So it was like, whoa, like is Jericho going to stick around? And then he got destroyed on SmackDown, and and he was gone. So a little bit of a twist and turn. So you hope that people are going to go out that they can go out a little less in a manner where you can predict what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for for sure. Yeah, so that's um, already scheduled at this point for SummerSlam. Another match that's scheduled is the big one for the women's title, the Raw Women's Championship. And by the way, how cool is that that I call that match the big one? That shows how far wrestling in the women's division has come. I know you know all about that, Ivy, as a women's competitor yourself. The Raw Women's Championship will be on the line in a very highly anticipated match between arguably the hottest wrestler in the women's division today over the past six months, Alexa Bliss defending against, you already know who it is, Ronda Rousey. What do you think? Uh, It's too premature to drop the title to Ronda, so Alexa's going to win it. Okay, Alexa finds a way to retain. Uh, You're saying that it's too soon for Ronda. That's what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Okay. We all know it's going to happen, but it's too soon. It's too premature. She hasn't had that. She hasn't had that many matches. What are you going to do? Throw her in a bunch of matches while she has the title? Like, you have, it, it makes no sense. It, it'll be like, it's like wrestling in indie. You just show up to the locker room and you're like, oh, you're not wrestling this person no more. You're wrestling this person. Oh, okay, cool. Just go with the flow. 
she's not ready. She's not ready to. Ronda's not ready to be champion. Okay, that's, uh, that's a good analysis. Alexa, Alexa, yeah, she's Alexa. Alexa's gonna hold on to that bad boy for quite longer. Um, I personally feel like it's going to uh, lead up to a very long uh, storyline that. One, we feel like it's forever, and two, it is going to feel like because it is forever. Um, it's definitely going to feel forever because it is forever. It's going to be a storyline. It's going to continue building, continue building um, until Ronda is successful. And then, who's going to want a title shot? Nia Jack. Okay, I like it. Listen, before we get to the main event of SummerSlam, I want to ask you a quick question. I want to do a little bit of a bonus prediction. If WWE goes through with the rumors and, and what the rumors that we hear are true, and it's going to be a female for the first time in history, which will be historic, a female WrestleMania main event, we can be 99.9% .9 sure that Ronda Rousey would be involved. Who is standing across the ring from Ronda Rousey next April in New Jersey? Charlotte. Okay, I like it. I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's either going to be Charlotte or Asuka. So you think Asuka, they rebuild her enough to get to the main event of WrestleMania? Yeah. Okay. I like. I hope no, you're right. They'll, they'll have no choice. I hope you're right. I would love that. I would love a reborn Asuka against Ronda Rousey. I would love it. I would love it. So, SummerSlam, the main event, we already know what it is. Highly anticipated. You know why it's highly anticipated? Because we haven't had a universal title match in four months. That's why it's so freaking highly anticipated. Okay, people? Let's call a spade a spade. It's like, it's like WrestleMania of summertime. Exactly. It's like it's like a freaking it's like a freaking boxing match where people don't come out and defend the title for four months. This is WWE. This is wrestling. We want a title match at least once a month, but we haven't had that, have we? I'm pissed off right now. I'm going to get myself, I'm going to reel myself back in. You're absolutely right. It's like Mayweather trying to fight a UFC fighter. Come on. And then we have to we have to wait for a month for it to happen, and then when it happens, it's only for a short amount of time. You wasted $65.95 for nothing. Oh my God, I'm so fired up. So before I ruin this awesome show by going off on a massive tirade, let me stay on course and let me ask the Silver Queen, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, who comes out on top? I don't know, man. That's tough. Okay. Because the first time in my life, I want to like go on Roman's side. Like, yeah, Roman. <laughs> because it, it, it's literally be, because I would prefer to see anyone else but Brock win. That is like, okay, so you watch baseball, right? Sure. All right, so who's your team? Who who you go for? I, I'm sad to say the New York Mets. All right, don't be sad because they don't make it to the World Series. So <laughs> it's like when your team doesn't make it to the World Series, you're like, yes, I'll go for this team because I don't want the Yankees to win. That's basically how I feel. Okay, that's fair. 
That's fair. You know, it's it's just so it's so bad that we as fans, because you're you're a professional wrestler, I'm a journalist, but we started off as fans. It's sad that as fans we have to do this whole like rationale slash mathematics situation where we're trying to figure out, hey, I wonder if Brock Lesnar's contract is up, so maybe that's why he'll lose it. It's like you got to go behind the scenes and and dig and find out whose contract is what and who's doing what just to get a basic idea of what the hell's going on because you got a guy walking the streets with a title and Ross without a champion. It's it's pathetic. One man going food shopping with the universal title, going down the milk aisle. Word. Word. And you know, and one more thing, and I promise, I promise uh, I'll, we'll wrap this thing up. WWE thinks they're slick. I, listen, I love WWE. I'd love to, I would love to work for WWE one day. But I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to kiss anybody's tail. I'm going to tell the truth. WWE is so dumb for sitting up here acting like we as fans don't understand what they're doing. They're trying to make Brock Lesnar into a character that hates the fans. Now, we don't know in real life if Brock Lesnar cares about he the does, fans. He does hate fans. Well, ma- doesn't okay. Like, this man doesn't like people. Hold on. Let me give you a little inside scoop. Okay. I have met, I, I know people that have just ran into the man in the airport. Just by mistake and just like, oh, hello. And, you know, just, just try to say hello. Didn't even ask for a photo. Just say hello. And basically told him to piss off. Really? Okay, okay. Okay, well, let me switch it up on you. I take that opinion, and I take that fact, and I stand on it, no doubt. But let me ask you this. Don't you think it's kind of overkill that WWE is trying to actually build that? To It's all about making the fans cheer for Roman Reigns. So if we can't make Roman Reigns get cheered because we like Roman Reigns, we'll just have him get cheered because we hate Brock Lesnar. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, that's what they're doing. Yeah. That's what is getting people in seats in SummerSlam. They know what that like. Although you don't agree with them, they know what they're doing. They they're do. not. They're not. They're not that dumb. They're like associate's degree level. <laughs> I so love it. Say that. I love it. I love it. They're they're annoyingly smart. They're like they're very pretentious with yeah. their with their intelligence. With their moves. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and their intelligence. <laughs> And how they, like, have you not realized when they do promos, they try to use big words? Like, come on, five-year-old doesn't know what retrospect means. <laughs> you have people popping out dictionaries. Yo, you're so right. Oh, my God. On that, and on that extremely, extremely hilarious note, please, Ivy, my good friend, tell the people where they can find you on social media. And please... Please let the people know where you're going to be in person because I know where you're going to be. Tell the people where, what's going on with you right now. So you can find me on Twitter, Silver Queen Ivy. The same on Instagram. I made it so easy for you guys. Just hit the follow button. And you can find my brother on Twitter as well. Um, just go to my page. They're there. Um, you have Absolute Chris Cage, and you have Superstar Whiplash, you have Riot Rays. Search it. That's literally, that's, you'll literally find them. You, you won't miss them at all. Um, and then you have our Greatest of All Time page. 
follow that, that's where you're going to find out all the shows that we're on. We will be in Allentown this Saturday for WXWC4. Uh, Zoltan uh, is uh, scheduled to compete. I think they're going to compete against Bad Intentions again. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. I still remember. I worked a nine to five all day, guys. Cut me some slack. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And um, and um, Allentown, PA. And then August 10th, you have my brother, Riot Rave. He's going to be facing Ben Steele at NYC Wrestling in New Jersey. And I don't even know the Jersey location. Because I, up to... Up to like two weeks ago, I thought it was in the Bronx. So did I. I completely so did forgot I. it was in Jersey. I completely, I was so used to it being in the Bronx that I forgot. But it is going to be in Bergenfield, New Jersey. There and bell go. time is at 9 p.m. There you go. And by so, the way, I've done a little research because I'm traveling out there myself. It's only about 35 minutes from the city. All my New York people. So it's not that long of a drive. If, you, if you're interested, please uh, go hit at NYC Wrestling on Twitter, and they have all the ticket information. Yes, and the Zoltan is facing Bad Intentions. Bad Intentions is a tag team that is from uh, WXW Wrestling out in Florida. So it's literally WXW versus WXWC4 Nation. So it's going to be lit it's this weekend. Um... And just so you guys know, the GOAT now has a fifth member. Whoa. Um, that is JL Cotto. That is JL Cotto. Whoa. I did say when you interviewed me that she was my tag team partner. Whoa. Guess what? She joined the family. Wait a minute. So, whoa. Whoa. That yeah, is an exclusive. That's an exclusive. Yo, y'all heard it here mm-hmm. first on the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com. Podcast. She's actually going to be a guest of this show in September. JL Cotto, the newest member of the greatest of all time. That is huge. That's it. Taking over. The family is taking over. We're growing. I'm personally building my silver army. And in September, uh, there will be a Capital Wrestling Alliance show September 15th. Uh, so, like I said, like, follow, subscribe to my Instagram and my Twitter to get, you know, the dates and times for those shows. That's what's up. You heard where you're going to find the Silver Queen. You heard where you're going to find the other members of the GOAT. As for Hubbard Wrestling Weekly, we'll be at NYC Protection Net on August 10th and we'll be at the following week, House of Glory in Queens, New York. So, Everybody's represented very well. We're all doing our thing. We're really, really shining right now on the website. Ivy is shining on the professional wrestling front. Like I said, shout out to El Real Day for the NYC hookup. Shout out to my boy TJ Marconi for the House of Glory hookup. Appreciate you guys. And I appreciate especially my good friend Ivy Roman I are. I appreciate you, my sister. You're doing your thing. I appreciate you taking the time. This has been the longest show, but the most fun. So dope. Appreciate you. I'm always the longest show, but I appreciate you too. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. (laughs) You already know what it is. This is not going to be the last time. We're going to make sure we check in with you a little bit sooner than later. And with that being said, once again, it's your boy. What up, though? 
Sean H., the host of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast, along with the birthday girl, the Silver Queen, Ivy Roman. <laughs> We're out of here. Deuces. Holla at y'all. Peace. This has been a production of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com, home of the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly podcast. The very best in professional wrestling, both independent and mainstream. The ideas and content of this show are the exclusive property of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com. The opinions of its hosts and guests are theirs and theirs alone, as this show and website are not associated with any professional wrestling organization.